This is in oh. the air to right field. Back it goes. Nando has done it again. Fernando Tatis Jr., a grand slam. Myers drives one out towards deep left center field. Back goes Heinemann at the wall. It's gone. Another grand slam for the Padres. The shot out to deep left field. It's high, deep, and it is a grand slam. Towards the corner, it's back, it's gone! Welcome to Slam Diego! What's good, Padres Nation? Our beloved San Diego Padres just got off a three-game set versus the Philadelphia Phillies in which they will be going back all the way to San Diego to play the Washington Nationals, who, of course, couldn't get the job done against the L.A. Dodgers. Uh, after being so hot, they looked so cold. Uh, against LA and we were rooting for them and of course now we'll be rooting against them so the Nationals come into San Diego oddly enough the fact that I'm just surprised we're not going to be playing them in Nats Park uh, for a moment but hey I guess we're at home so let's make it work the Padres against the Phillies lost two out of three but did avoid the sweep and played in very tough games and that's going to happen luckily for San Diego as they avoided the sweep they reached the 50 win mark Really good to see that. They are, I believe, the fourth or fifth team to do so. Yes, they are the fifth team to do so as of now overall in the major leagues. And three of those teams, including San Diego, come in the National League West. So it is, of course, a tough division, but it is really fun seeing what they're doing. Uh, so San Diego now sits at 50 and 36, and they will be going against the Nationals, which should be a very interesting series for the most part. And the Nationals, who were hot, have gone a little bit cold. And I would say that that's big. Atlanta's now the two seed in the East, in which, of course, it is a long season. But Washington has lost four straight now at 40 and 42. They are a very good team when it comes to the bat. Schwarber, losing him hurts to a hamstring injury. Who knows how long? But, of course, they are very talented, just like San Diego is. So I will be going into the three-game set of what happened. And a lot of rain delays. That's first to start off, which was obnoxious uh, and just so, so straight up annoying. We, we hate it um, overall. And that could have been a factor in the Padres series, and I think it was, but as well as Jace Tingler's decision-making at times, and that's going to be happening, sadly. We're used to it. And, uh, yeah, the, the Phillies played tough, but at least the Padres avoided the sweep. So going to game one, the Padres lost this one. Four to three against the Phils, in which it went to extras. Chris Paddock was pitching, gave up a ground out RBI to JT Romuto. Bryce Harper also doing the same thing to make it two nothing in the bottom of the first. Didi in the bottom of the fifth, homers for number five off Chris Paddock, knew it was gone right away. Tatis then, the comeback boys just wasn't enough, but off this Phillies bullpen, who knows? His double, his 16th of the year. Right to a double Herrera, brings in Jake the Rake Cronenworth, and then Profar decides to switch places with Fernando Tatis off Ranger Suarez, and then brings in two runs with Trent Grisham and Fernando. Ties this game at three to three. Brad Miller almost gone, but not so much. A double will do it, however. His fourth double 
brings in Andrew McCutcheon and the game-winning run off of Austin Adams. Now, for San Diego, Paddock did not do bad at all. In fact, he did pretty good. In 95 pitches, he lasted seven innings, allowed four hits, three earned runs, one walk, and five Ks. Nick Ramirez did not do bad. And of course, Stammen did not do bad one bit. But Adams taking the loss, he throws a one-pitch slider for the most part, 90% of the time, in which he has been very good, actually, and very dominant. Uh, however, this was just not it due to the fact that the extra inning rules kicked in. Game two. San Diego got off to a 2-0 lead thanks to a Manny Machado absolute tater, number 13 at the time, but really has been getting hot at the right time. A two-run shot bringing in Fernando Tatis Jr. off of Zach Eflin. Really nice shot, dead center. I mean, right when it was off the bat, you just know. Top of the first, getting things started with a bang. You Darvish, arguably our ace, pitching on the mound, just did not have it. Some rain delays towards the middle of that game, really put an effect to it. But hanging some pitches, including some fastballs, is what made the Phillies' offense erupt. Bryce Harper, number 14, all solo home runs for him, which is just devastating. That's not good. However, he is doing his part, I guess, with number 14 on the year, despite the low RBI count to Bryce. Reese Hoskins then, in the bottom of the second, also delivers on a fastball. Crushed, no doubt about it. And then Bryce Harper. After the delay, bottom of the six, the sack fly extends that Phillies lead to 3-2 now after being tied up. And then Reese Hoskins just doesn't get his 17th double on a line drive and brings in McCutcheon. That was off Hugh Darvish. No scoring after that. But Eric Hosmer botched the play a couple pitches before that. All right. I'm writing an article about this as of now. Should be posted within the next couple hours or so. It's a long one. It is a little bit lengthy, I would say. And this goes overall to Hosmer's status in San Diego, how tired of it we are with him. I've been listening to some live feeds on Twitter, which is a great asset. And Padres fans are clearly frustrated for the right reasons. Uh, defensively, Hosmer has produced a lot of errors at first base than he ever did winning three gold gloves, four gold gloves, I believe, with Kansas City. Um, it's just been a totally different kind of player. When it comes to his offense, he's not having it. And I had this conversation with my dad and everything, and he let me know that just he's that kind of guy that has that line swing. I mean, really, he's just learning from what Charlie Lau taught any Kansas City Royal players way back and that they got to go for that midway kind of swing to where they're going to ground out on a lot of balls or pop up. They got that just – they don't adjust. They don't lift the ball. And Hosmer has one of the worst launch angles, I believe, in the majors, just even on the Padres alone. Uh, Hosmer's offense has never done it. It's basically like a meme at this point. We're guaranteed a double play or just an out from Hosmer, who started off so well lifting the ball. And uh, I'm talking all about that in this article, so please go read it. It will be called, I believe, I'm going to keep it at this, uh, San Diego is done with Eric Hosmer. It's on my website, so if you're not – uh, familiar with that, feel free to follow my Twitter page at Grand Padres to read any blogs and articles that I post on a constant basis, as well as checking out new and previous episodes if you'd like to listen to on every single series on the San Diego Padres. I really appreciate that. Check out my website. Uh, feel free to shoot me any DMs on any suggestions or anything like that, as well as if you want to come on this podcast, uh, please. I'd love to hear that. So, 
That's going to be an article. Hosmer botched a play, and bing, bang, boom. Next thing you know, Hoskins delivers with an RBI double. It's just frustrating with Hosmer. Uh, look, he could have still been for what he has been now. It's not been anything worth his contract. He could have been the lighter that started off this fire and brought Manny Machado to San Diego, brought the excitement to the Padres and to the Padres and everything like that. But right now, his bat brings anything but excitement. So it's just not so good with that. The article will deliver a lot more statistics-wise and also just history of what San Diego was expecting as well as us uh, and what could potentially happen. Because I know you guys out there are kind of for Joey Gallo. Some of you are for, some of you, of course, are against. I'm more against getting Joey Gallo because he's just totally more frustrating as a player. And that'll also be in there. Um, I talk about some interesting second baseman that the Padres couldn't go after. So it's going to be a long article on this one. I'm hoping to get it done very soon for you guys. So yeah, it goes more into detail on that and Eric Hosmer's swing and his glove, everything, you name it. So uh, we'd really appreciate that, but enough of Eric Hosmer and I would like to get into that play. So yeah, that botched it all in which the Padres couldn't get it done. Machado, despite the loss, was the player of the game. Went one for four, two RBIs on that two-run shot. Really wasn't anything else after that to be grateful for one bit. Now, Tommy Pham has been in a slump, but luckily for San Diego, the rest of the Padres have not been. In game three, the Padres won 11-1, but they opened things wide open as of late. Manny Machado in the top of the first, number 14 off Vince Velasquez. Same exact scenario, bringing in Fernando Tatis Jr. for a two-run blast. This one had more of a higher arc to it, not as much as the line drivers yesterday, and was gone a lot more despite one tick below the exit velocity, I believe at 106. So Manny hit it hard. He knew it. I knew it. Vince Velasquez knew it. And then top of the third, Machado. Does really good on a changeup, the previous pitch, but just foul it goes, an inside changeup from Vince Velasquez. Next thing you know, Velasquez tries to get cute with it, throw the high fastball. I guess as a hitter, you're expecting that. Your eyes light up. A three-run blast, number 15. Manny Machado delivers now with 57 total RBIs, which is a good amount for him. Um, and that's good. He's driving in the runs when necessary. Bringing in Fernando Tatis Jr., Jake the Ray Cronenworth and himself. So that really busted the door wide open. And this is what San Diego needed. They couldn't be going down and a sweep to the Phillies. I understand the Phillies play tough, but you can't be doing that and getting in a little slide as the Dodgers, as much as we hate them and everything that's going on with one that are pitchers, they're on a roll. I believe they won nine straight now. The Nationals didn't look hot at all. The Giants are a little iffy, but then again, they're playing the Arizona Diamondbacks. So you just don't know. You got to keep up the winning and keep up the pace of being in that NL West. JT Romuto breaks the big fat egg on the scorebook and delivers with a home run, a solo shot, number eight off Craig Stammen. Eight to, uh, I believe, sorry, five to one at this point in the bottom of the sixth. Then Eric Hosmer actually delivers. So credit to him on this one. A pitch that was a ball outside off Hector Neris, who has sucked this year. Most blown saves by the Phillies bullpen, of course, himself included. This was not a save opportunity, but still, the bullpen has just been awful for Philadelphia. Hosmer takes a pitch outside of fastball and is able to take it out uh, for a double. 
his number 10 of the year, brings in three runs. It was starting to rain. Luckily, there wasn't a delay because if that game was totally cut from the rain, that hot, that double would have not counted because they would have just counted it to where it ended in eight innings exactly, not eight and a third, eight and two thirds. I believe that run, those runs and that hit from Hosmer would have not counted. And then Webster Rivas, congratulations to Numero Dos on this one. Number two, a nice three-run blast, the left center. Really good shot right there, right off the bat. I knew it. Um, just a fastball down and in for Panaris. Wasn't going anywhere. Hung on the plate and brings in Eric Hosmer and Jerkson Profar, including himself. Tatis and Manny loved it. And it's great to see because you know what? With how banged up Austin Nola is, with the young, raw talent of Luis Camposano not being ready just yet, it's good to see Rivas delivering as the backup catcher right now. And it's good to see Victor Caratini delivering with the most starts so far in his career on the Padres uh, because of all the injuries. Congratulations to Caratini and Rivas for staying on the team. It's been great to see that. Manny Machado, the player of the game, went two for two. Not only that, he got three runs, five RBIs, and he got three walks, no strikeouts. That's just, come on, man. He's so good. That's just incredible. And also, he got snubbed of an all-star appearance. I just want to say congratulations to also not just Fernando Tatis Jr. for being the first San Diego Padre since Tony Gwynn in 1998 to start an all-star game, but congrats to you, Darvish. Mark Melanson, and Jake Cronenworth. Thank you very much for making an all-star appearance. Cronenworth will be reserved, but it's really good to see him actually get in there. Um, we were hoping that, and we were, of course, hoping Manny Machado would be, but it's just a shame, but you can't get everything, I guess. So, hey, congrats to those couple of players. And a fun fact, thanks to AJ Casabell being the GOAT, Manny Machado is just the third Padre to notch a multi-homer, also a multi Base on balls game, joining Brian Gillis, Gillis and Plant, Phil Plantier. So that's pretty cool right there. Uh, good stat from Castville to dig in on that one. And credit to Manny for getting such a hell of a ball game, uh, delivering on that and some tough at-bats that are proven his way. Uh, so Manny delivered five RBIs. That's awesome. He's up to 264 now, but not just average. We look at the bigger things. An 828 OPS, man. That's great. And credit to Profar, who's been cold. He was batting 210. He went four for five, did not have any ribbies, but hey, he did score a run. He's now up to 237. He's always a pesky kind of player, man. He's like fam, but just switch hitting capabilities. Uh, he always plays tough out there in any which way. I understand he can be frustrating like he was in the Red Series with that one drop catch, but you know what? It's going to happen. We're all human. Snell did not do so bad. He went four innings, two hits, four walks, three strikeouts, and no earned runs. Adams, however, did get the win because of no not going five innings. Snell uh, and the rest of the pen did their part. So San Diego did avoid the sweep despite losing two out of three. That's going to be happening. And they'll be facing the Nationals, who have lost a couple straight now and have lost Kyle Schwarber, who has been on another planet, his own planet. I do not have much to say on the rotation and the starting pitching for these four games. The only thing we'll know right now, and I'll keep you posted and updated on my Twitter, 
is that Joe Musgrove will be taking game one at five and six with a 2.63 ERA. His last win, of course, coming off a very shortened six inning rain out Cincinnati Reds win in which Tim Hill got the save in five minutes. So uh, that was cool. I'm glad Musgrove got the win. Wins, losses are not everything, but of course, it's great to see that. Musgrove has been very dominant in 16 games and 89 innings. He has 106 strikeouts and a point. 0.88 whip. So Musgrove doing his part. Otherwise than that, I do not know much. And it should be interesting. Uh, you just got to keep up the winning and everything like that. Hopefully, some losses had the Giants Dodgers way as the Dodgers will be facing the Marlins. Who are a pesky team, but just dominantly can't get it done right now. And for the Cardinals, have gotten very cold. They will be in San Francisco. LA will be in Miami. So it should be interesting. Keep your eye on that. The Padres, 15-36, looking real good. Like I said before, keep in that window frame of around four games back and fight and claw your way back rather than trying to go down and being eight games back and having to really fight your way in. Because at the end of the day, you don't know. I understand we're going back to one-game wild cards, which I don't approve, but that could all change within a blink of an eye. The Dodgers won a 60-game World Series in which I don't favor it. But, hey, if we won it, I wouldn't be saying that we won it. So can't argue them there. It's a long year. It's a long season. Luckily, we avoided the sweep. And you know what, San Diego? We're going to get it done. So that's all I have for you guys on this one. It's a little bit of a quick episode due to the fact that we don't know much with the Padres heading back to their hometown. It should be a lot of fun, and I'm hoping for the best on the struggling Nats. At least try not only to split, but take three, or of course, get the brooms out for four, baby, because that would be really nice. So I'll keep you guys posted after the National Series, but also after an Eric Hosmer article comes out, I'll keep you guys noted on that. It's going to be a longer one because there's a lot of trade scenarios. I got some good names and a little hint I'll give you. Let's just say there's two infielders on both the Pirates and Royals I think the Padres can really finesse with and put Jake Cronenworth first. Way back in March, I wrote an article on Jake Cronenworth on what he could do at first base, and he's had some time there this year as well as Profar. And I'm telling you right now, I think that could be a definite option, and it could save San Diego despite having to eat up so much money. So I'll keep you guys posted on everything. And I'll see you all after the Nats series. Let's hope for a good one. I'm out. Peace.